Hello everyone, my name is Aparna and I'm on the El Paso Creators podcast this week. Today I'm going to be talking about my art journey, what led me to do things like paint with my feet, and also how I got into commissions because right now I'm selling a lot of paintings and it's quite different from when I started. Awesome, so painting with your feet, that's interesting. Tell us like, how is that even a thing? <laughs> Okay, so everyone has asked me this once I bring it up to them, but basically when I was in high school when, as a senior, I was still in AP art and I was making pieces every week, maybe two to three. And since I was doing this so heavily and also I spray painted some fences on the side as a graffiti practice, mm -hmm. my wrist messed up and we got checked out and I got a carpal tunnel in this right hand. Since my right hand is my drawing hand, they told me that I shouldn't be drawing or painting anymore because I needed to give it a rest and let it heal. But knowing me, I'm not gonna stop art. I'm yeah. just gonna keep doing it. And I figured out that I could paint with my feet. Originally, it was just like a funny idea because I thought it'd be hilarious if someone saw me painting on my feet, hey, that's cool. Or it's not that good, but it's funny. Yeah. And I made my first painting. It turned out pretty good. My parents saw it and told me I should continue. That's how I got where I am now. Yeah. That's very unique. I feel like that's crazy. I never ever think I would meet a person who paints with their feet. <laughs> and so like, is it hard for you or is it just like, it's like a second nature type of thing now for you? I would say now it's a second nature, but definitely when I started, I couldn't paint for a long period of time because, mm -hmm. you know, no one has that stability in their feet to just hold your foot up and paint and move it around. But after a while of practicing, I think I've gotten pretty good at it. I can paint something in like an hour now. And an hour with your feet. <laughs> yeah. You say that like, it's like very just like, oh, it's normal. I paint with like an hour with my feet. <laughs> for me, it's a normal. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, for me, it would take me like, I think a month to even be able to hold the paint, the little <laughs> paintbrush, you know? That's but, true. Uh, I have a weird thing where I have this sock called my paint sock. Because oh, wow. I couldn't hold a paintbrush with just my feet. So I tried with a sock and let me have better grip. It doesn't make any sense, but it works. That's crazy. <laughs> that is crazy. Um, so I guess going into like the whole art aspect, how did you get interested in art, you know? Or what does art represent to you? What type is your favorite style of art? I have always been creating art since I was about five years old but I never really got into it until high school. And the reason I got into it is because I was so stressed with school. So it acted as like an escape for me. And to this day, it still is an escape. So if I'm doing schoolwork and I'm feeling too stressed out or overwhelmed, I'll just turn everything off, get out a piece of paper or a notebook and start drawing. It just lets me relax and ease my mind for at least a few minutes or half an hour. Mm -hmm. Is there like a certain type of special art like type of style that you like to do I've actually been trying to figure this out lately like what is my art style because I, I don't know I would say that my art style is more go with the flow not as much as let's say Bob Ross because he's amazing and he can just fix something if he messes up I, I haven't watched his shows yeah <laughs> I, I love watching him because that's where I learned some of the techniques hmm. but I'm not at that level yet like if I mess up I can't just figure it out as soon as I do it my style just just go with the flow but have an idea i don't have a specific color scheme either i i have a variety mm -hmm. so yeah and like talking about like 
I think patience is a big key. You know, when you're painting, um, you mentioned Bob Ross and I've always saw his shows where he's just like, he has so much patience just to do like little things. What's been like, I guess the most challenging part for you, like in your creative process when you're painting. Um, you probably heard about this from other artists, but artist block is a real thing. You'll, you'll be doing a bunch of paintings in one week and the next week you'll have no ideas. Even though you want to paint, you just can't put it on the piece of paper or you can't put it on the canvas and just, it's frustrating because you want to get your creativity out. You just, there's no, no ideas to put out there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, a lot of, yeah, like I interviewed this um, one from last week and like the idea is just like whatever you feel at the moment or whatever, it's just what someone creates. Mm -hmm. um, I've seen some of your work where you create a lot of portraits and like animals. Um, are those like more of like the, th the things you like to do or is there a reason why you do mostly just animals and like self-portraits? For that, I've always been a fan of drawing like humans because mm -hmm. it helps me practice proportions. But for animals, I just find it really fun to paint like the texture of their fur. So in the tiger, you can see like all the details I put into like its whiskers or mm -hmm. all the fur surrounding its face. To me, that's just the most fun part is getting in there and really making it look like it's alive. Mm -hmm. And how do you get inspired to do all this? Like for me, it'd be really hard to like just find my inspiration or my motivation, you know? Like, is there anybody you look up to, any type of like role model in a way? My role model was art, definitely um, Frida Kahlo. So she is a Hispanic artist. And I, in high school, I read a lot about her when I had art class. And I would see a lot of her paintings and I always wondered how she paints that. It turns out a lot of her paintings are based on the pains that she felt. Mm -hmm. So her and her husband were constantly in affairs with other people. And that was like a pain on both of them. Her husband was also an artist and you can see in his work. But also she went through a lot of physical pain as well because when she was 18 or 17, I can't remember exactly, she had an accident and a trolley pole went through her stomach. Wow a really big accident but she took it and made art with it so that inspires me because when I'm feeling like pain in my hand because I still have that from the carpal tunnel I can just take it out and put it on a piece of paper and make mm -hmm. it go away in a, way, in a sort of way yeah that's interesting because I kind of know like an artist like that too he's more of like a I guess digital artist now but before he was in the hospital and like he was away from his daughter for like two or three months and so like he really liked he really loved his daughter and all that so he would in order for him to like remember his daughter or like to feel like he's with her he would like get photos of her that he took of her and then like put them in like crazy scenarios and like crazy fantasy worlds things like that and it's just like people can really like just i guess make anything out of anything and like mm -hmm. i told the person from last week i was like without art I, the world would be really plain you know like it's just art makes the world my high school had a mural written on the wall it said the earth without art is just eh like literally if you yeah. step without art yeah no yeah. yeah that's true that is very true um but like now like the time we're in now um with covid going on and all that like so part of what this episode what we wanted to talk about was how to get paid with art and commission um with covid you know how how does that affect you? How are you adjusting to that? You know, being able to sell your artwork and get your artwork out there. The thing with me is I didn't actually start selling art till COVID happened. So it kind of expanded my, my ability in that way. 
before I always wanted to start an online shop, but I never actually did it. But when COVID started and I was spending more time at home, I had so much more time to get everything in order, set prices for things, start contacting people, see if they want a piece of art. Mm-hmm. So what I did, I don't, I still don't have a website, but I have a, a spreadsheet on my computer and I write down all the prices, um, all the details. Like if, let's say they're getting a pet portrait and they want two pets, so it'll be extra. And as far as getting it to them, since most of my purchases are local, they usually do curbside pickup. If in the case that is not possible at all, I will drop it off. Mm-hmm. Um, so you kind of started making artwork, I guess, while this was going on with like the whole pandemic, mm-hmm. right? Um, for anybody who's been doing it, I guess, before, how do you, what type of advice would you give them like on how to adjust to COVID? I would say don't look at COVID as something that's keep, like setting you back or keeping you from selling. Look at it as like an, a space to expand to different customers from different areas. Mm-hmm. So usually people sell within their area because they can't, they don't talk to people in other places. But now since you're stuck inside or you can't go anywhere, go look on TikTok or go online and um just put your artwork out there. You never know. Maybe someone in another state would like it. And that way your art also gets spread across the country or across maybe even the world. It's more exposure in this way. Yeah. And looking at that painting behind you, you know, that's very detailed. Like how you mentioned earlier with the whiskers and everything. How do you know when a painting is done for you? Like, is there ever a way where you're just like, okay, this painting is done or you always want to add more to it? I always want to add more to it. That's the thing that I struggle with to this day. Even now, I'm looking at it, I'm like, hey, I could go more detail with the fur on, like, the baby tiger. Mm -hmm. But, like, I just have to stop myself because if I add too much, sometimes I mess up paintings. There's been a few I have to, like, scrap because I just keep going and it doesn't look good at the end. Yeah. And back with the the whole feet painting, show us an art piece that you do with your feet. And let's just (laughs) compare those, yeah. I have a recent one that I just did. See it's that's a, that's a crazy. Line. Yeah, because <laughs> like that you drew with your feet, like that's yeah, talent. like they look pretty <laughs> similar in terms of like proportions and stuff. But if you look at the detail, this ti- this lion is just a bunch of strokes of paint, whereas this tiger is a bunch of little itty bitty like lines for the fur and the whiskers are lines. I couldn't draw whiskers with my feet if, even if I tried. Yeah, no, and that's like very like. I don't know how to say, I forgot the word for it, but like very, like, I don't know, like keeping your foot in motion without shaking, things like that. You know, it's, I could yeah. never, I'm just telling you that. <laughs> On the lion one, a lot of the the strokes were actually mess ups and I just went with it. I was like, okay, mm-hmm. it's a lion. It's fine. The mane will look messy. Yeah. So. And, and I, I think that's what makes an art, like any type of art piece very unique is that like it's original art, like the mistakes that you see on there it's not really mistakes, but it adds more to like the painting. Be like, I told, I told people this. I'm like, when you're buying someone's artwork, you're not buying their artwork. You're buying like the whole struggle that they went through. And that's like, that's, that's what makes it really unique. You know, it's like the whole time they put into it. Um, but with that one, you just showed us, what was the most challenging part about that one? Okay. So I haven't, I painted this last week. And before that I actually hadn't painted with my feet in like a good four months or so. So the hardest part was, part was getting back into it. And if you don't practice something, 
then even within a short time period, you'll kind of lose the skill a slight bit. So I couldn't keep my foot still. I couldn't like go for a long time. Whereas let's say I did that a few months ago, it probably would have been done quicker, even though an hour is pretty quick. A few months ago, maybe it would have been 30 minutes, but I, I didn't practice and it was it was a little hard to get back into it. Yeah, that's that's what comes out in every episode, I guess, is like we always mention practice makes perfect. You know, without practice, you're really not going to get far unless you, mm-hmm. you make those mistakes, you know, those type of errors. Um, in every painting that you do, is there like a certain signature mark that you always put in every painting or like a special something? I sign every painting, but I don't have a constant signature because I always change it. Mm-hmm. I just I haven't come up with my creative signature yet. Well, not, but, not like a signature, but like a special, I guess, logo. Like I've seen, I don't know if you know Pirlo. He has like always a sword to every painting that he does or things like that. Yeah. Like a special symbol in every painting, I guess, or mark. Actually, no. No. I don't. They're all just different. <laughs> yeah. Just something something like unique or some touch-up that you add in it. No. I like to add the color orange in all of them somehow. Mm-hmm. There's always Is that your orange. favorite color? No, my favorite color is pink, Mm -hmm. but I guess orange and pink kind of go in the same range of colors. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I think so. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, You know, the art pieces we're seeing right now, they're very well detailed. You could tell that you actually did take a lot of practice to make them. Um, When you first, first got started, like what are resources that you had that like, I guess to put it in a, in a better question, what resources did you have when you first got started that like you had to experiment and get creative with what you had at the moment? Okay. So, so as I grew up, I only did colored pencils. So with that, I didn't have any fancy colored pen, color, colored pencil when I was growing up. I'd use Crayola. So to get creative with that, I would look up ways to like make them more pigmented. And one person, they put their Crayola in hot water and it, makes it look more like a fancy colored pencil or something like that but when I got to high school that's when I actually started experimenting with different mediums because I had art class and my teacher kind of forced me to do it because I I just refused to stray away from colored pencils or like tempera paint or something and this I guess the resources I had there were the guidance of my teacher it always helps to have someone that knows how to do something and it never hurts to ask someone for help. Because yeah. if you don't know how to do it, you're not gonna learn if you just try and, well, you, you might learn if you figure it out by yourself, but it'll be harder and it just saves a lot of time if you ask someone. Mm-hmm. Um, I know you do a lot of self-portraits too. Is it hard to like do that, like paint like a photo? Cause I know like, so when I mentioned Igor Digas before, um, I know that somebody, like when photography finally became a thing, somebody took his paintings of ballerinas and all that and turned those into photos. Like vice versa with you, like, is that challenging to do like with your self-portraits when you take someone's photo? I would say that it's more intimidating or stressful because you feel like you have to get it perfect or else maybe you won't do the photographer justice. Mm -hmm. So I've painted some of the models in El Paso. And when I look at the photos that, photographers here took of them I first of all I asked them for their permission but as I'm painting it I feel stressed because I feel like I have to get all the details exactly right or else they neither of them will like it 
But yeah. in the end, they just appreciate the time you put into it. And most of the time, they think it's better than you think. So just yeah. don't go based only on your judgment. Mm -hmm. Most of the time, you judge yourself har harsher than you should. Yeah. Um, pricing your work also. How do you go about pricing like all your paintings? and? I It's still a work in progress, but as of right now, I get a variety of canvases when I order. And as soon as I get them, I'll write down a price for each one. So let's say it's a small canvas, like five inches by five inches. I will charge those starting at 15. And if there is a lot of detail in whatever the person wants me to paint, then I'll add about maybe $5. It just, it honestly just depends on you. My best advice for pricing your paintings is to price it that you, price it at the worth you think it is. Because yeah. everyone always tells me like I'm underselling my paintings or I'm overselling it. But in the end, it's what I think is the worth of my pieces. And if I under if I sell it for less than I think, I'm just gonna be disappointed and feel like I gave up a piece for someone that didn't really care about it. Yeah. And if someone thinks that I'm underselling it, then you just it just doesn't you just don't listen to them because in it's your decision. And you're the one that made it. You know the time that goes into it. You know how you feel about it. You really know the value. Yeah. Yeah. If they say you're underselling it, they may see it as something better than you see it. But if you don't see it at that high level yet, you don't need to feel the need to price it that high. Yeah. Yeah, and that's true. As an artist, you know, it is your work and you know how much you put time, how much time you put mm -hmm. into it. So, yeah, it does. It does different. Like I've seen people sell a bunch of like art pieces. It was literally just like a strip of a line going for like five hundred dollars. Mm -hmm. Um, and then and people, yeah, yeah. For some people, that's really good because people have different tastes in art. Mm -hmm. So maybe someone wants to buy this piece for that much, and someone else wants to buy like an abstract piece for that much. They're just different styles. And if someone doesn't want to buy your art because of how much you're pricing it, they're not worth being a customer. Because customers will buy your art because they want it, not because it's cheap or not yeah. because it's the price they want. They just want it, so they'll pay for it. Yeah. And what's been, like, the most, I guess, exciting art piece that you've made? One that you were very excited to make or your biggest achievement one? This that one? one. Yeah? Why is that? I, I bought these giant canvases at the start of COVID, mm -hmm. and I've never done a huge piece like this. So it was just all exciting, just drawing out the whole thing and working on it a small amount of time each weekend just seeing it progress and like taking videos of time lapses of me painting and watching it back you can really see your skill and how much you how far you've come from when you first started yeah practice makes perfect in the mm -hmm. end yeah and with this one especially i i can definitely see how far i've come because i don't have some of my first drawings with me but the proportions were just, they were off. People told me they were good at the time because for my age or just for my art level, I barely started, it was good. And mm -hmm. now I look back, I don't like it. Doesn't mean it's bad though. It's just a different time for me. And like progressing in your artwork, what, what habits or shortcuts or skills did you learn along the way that really helped you progress to making that piece behind you? Like we mentioned before, <laughs> practice 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 that's what gets you really good but there are shortcuts you can take like um instead of 
buying a bunch of expensive paints for your first go run, buy some cheap paints and work with them and figure them out. That way you don't have to spend all that money and maybe you won't even use it. So shortcuts is just working with what materials you have to figure out if you like it or not before you go all in. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Because if, if, you buy, sorry, if you buy expensive materials, you might feel the need to use all of it, even if you don't like it. So in that way, you're kind of not wasting your time, but you're using your time for something you don't like. Yeah. And that's a good point. That's what was mentioned last week is like, you don't need the most expensive things to create something. You know, people make the craziest pieces of art out of like toothpicks or something, you know, <laughs> it's just, you really don't need the most expensive things. You can really buy things from Dollar Tree and create mm -hmm. something very beautiful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, along the process of making your art, what mistakes have you made that you learned from? My mistakes with art have been just listening too much to other people's opinions. Mm -hmm. So especially online nowadays, people can be really mean. If you put your art out there, there's always going to be someone that hates on it. And that's the biggest mistake. I listened to them. And at one point, I just stopped creating art because I thought it wasn't good enough. And it really does take those supporters to like kind of bring you out from that. Mm -hmm. And, but if you don't see that support at the time, just listen to yourself or listen to people that are close to you. People that care about you, they're not going to put your art down. Even if they don't personally like it, they're going to encourage you. Mm -hmm. It never helps to put someone else's art down. So in, it just, you just yeah. don't listen to other people's opinions. Yeah. If you like it, it's good. Yeah, and like like we said right now, when when you're pricing your work, you know, put the value that you think is mm -hmm. worth what it's worth because um, no one else's opinion really matters but yours. Mm -hmm. You know, um, people go say it's crap, but then you think it's the most beautiful thing, and somebody else could think that. So, yeah, that that's yeah, that's a very important thing. Um, but any also critical moments that you've had, any sacrifices you had to make, tough decisions when making like pieces of art. I can't think of one right now <laughs> other than the most obvious so like my hand because yeah. I, I I do paint with my hand again so I, that's kind of a sacrifice I'm making because every time I paint with my hand I have the chance of making the carpal tunnel I have worse it's like a nerve condition right so every time I paint it might get tighter and eventually if I do it too much it might stop working completely it's, again, it's always mites. The doctors don't have a definite thing. And that's why I decided that it's worth it to keep making art. Yeah. Can, yeah. It's not, they don't have a high percentage of people that actually lose function in their hand if they keep doing it. Mm -hmm. So for me, that's, I guess, the biggest sacrifice I'm making on my art right now. Yeah. Now that, that is tough to hear, like, live on is just like, you don't know, but you're going to keep doing what you love to do. And mm -hmm. like some people would say, I'm going to die doing what I love to do. <laughs> Um, yeah. I'm gonna lose my hand doing what I love to do. <laughs> you you put your hand on a sculpture, you know, just like that was my hand back then, you know. <laughs> now I paint with my feet. <laughs> um, so two different two different I guess topics. What do you really like about the art industry, and what do you actually really hate about the art industry? I love that. I don't know if this is everywhere because I've only lived in El Paso, but what I love about the art industry is that everyone's just so supporting if mm -hmm. someone's creating art they just support other people who are creating other pieces of art and what i don't like again is the negativity with like with anything you're always going to get some negativity mm -hmm. 
and it's kind of hard to keep your head up at some points. But in yeah, it's just it it's always going to be like that, and it's just something you need to accept. Yeah. But it doesn't mean to stop doing your passion or anything like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like in the end, always do what you love. What makes you happy? Yeah, Yeah. so I think the worst part is the people who they just feel like the the need for their time is to hate on others. Mm -hmm. I don't personally understand that. I I really don't get it. But maybe they it makes them feel good about themselves. I don't know. Yeah. There's something yeah. in between there. It's just they don't. I guess they don't really see it as as you do. Yeah. And you know, and, don't focus on those people. Yeah. And going back to like the things that I like that I I shouldn't have done. Mm-hmm. Don't pick fights with your haters because yeah. that just makes them win. They want your attention. That's the reason they're giving you negative comments. They want you to comment back. They want you to come at them. They want to fight. So if you just ignore them and keep making your art. Yeah. and other people just keep supporting you they're gonna get mad and they're gonna stop exactly yeah and, th- and i feel like that's the that's the way you get back at them is that like they're trying so hard and i feel like that's always sad is like somebody's really trying to make you feel bad you know like that's that's sad for them mm-hmm. but like it bothers them even more when you don't acknowledge it rather than acknowledging it um mm-hmm. especially yeah like in the art industry and that's the reason why we created what we're doing right now is because we always saw that lack of support you know of like being there for artists photographers um musicians things like that um people always tell them like no get a real job or you know it's just a hobby or you're not going to get anywhere with that and it would put somebody down and i've seen it where um somebody could have became like the best artist and because they were told those things they never pursued it and they lost that opportunity or that talent you know because of what people told them negatively i definitely still get told things like that mm-hmm. like I'm, I'm in school for science and people tell me that i should just give up art because it's not going to get me anywhere science is going to get me somewhere but i Yes, science will get me somewhere because I want to do it. But yeah. if I wanted to do art full time, I would. Yeah, it's just, no. yeah. I, I'm always gonna have that art side of me, no matter what. It's always gonna be something for me, whether a hobby or maybe I'll start a business out of it someday. And it's, it's possible because I don't know if you heard that story like back then, the Lost Generation, when like before Picasso became Picasso and Fitzgerald became Fitzgerald, they all got together i forgot the other artist there was this one guy i forgot his name but he brought them all together and he created like they created artwork based on what was going on in world war one and that's how they became what they became because they've implemented and they just kept creating with like the same environment like the same um i guess my with the same mindsets as others you know like the same creative people like they didn't go and create art with somebody who has no interest in art but they stuck together in their group and you know they grew together Mm -hmm. um that kind of relates to that it's just like don't go based off what people don't know about you in the art industry but like hang out with those people who they help you and they're in this they're in the same industry as you and you end up growing like that um but aside from that i mean like any dream projects that you have anything that you're excited that's coming up that you're gonna paint and draw yes well there was something coming up before covid and that kind of messed it up but i was gonna have my own art installation here one I, I forgot where because it was it was a long time ago now mm-hmm. but i got accepted to do it and it would be like five or six pieces but even that that's big for me because i've never i've only done like little um pop-up stands for art mm-hmm. but never like a full-on exhibit where people can come and just look at the art yeah and i was so excited for that covid unfortunately po- postponed that it might be next year now 
but I'm, I'm still excited. I'm still like prepping pieces for that because as I keep, as it keeps getting moved, moved up, I'm taking it as an opportunity to improve my pieces mm. and get better things for that. Yeah. And that's another thing is that like, we, we always talked about like how has COVID stopped you, but like, there's also a positive, you know, it also gave you more time to build your craft up and practice mm-hmm. more, you know? Yeah. Um, and like, what made you decide that you wanted to be a painter? What inspired you? Did you always want to be like an artist? I wouldn't say that I wanted to be an artist. I guess it was just kind of in my blood in a way mm-hmm. because my whole family were, were creative. My mom paints as well. My older sister is a graphic designer. My younger sister does some art on the side too. And my, my dad likes building things. So we all have that creative side of us. So I guess growing up, seeing everyone do something like that it just made me want to also be a part of it and i i i guess i already had the like kind of talent for it in a way yeah i i i had some sort of thing just drawing me to art and making me want to create my whole life i again i didn't really get into it until high school because i that was the time that i took a break because i was getting a lot of hate on my art Mm-hmm. but in the end I came back to it I guess I was just always kind of meant to do some sort of art even if it's not going to be mm-hmm. my career if it'll just be a business it'll be a side thing for me I, I don't know what it'll be mm-hmm. but it's always going to be there yeah and I feel like that's very interesting too like everybody has a talent within them like a secret creative artistic talent you know mm-hmm. and it's just like the more you express it, the more you find out more about yourself too you know, you know more things about yourself. I'm like, damn, I didn't know I could do this. I didn't know I could paint with my feet, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I still can't get over that. <laughs> no matter how many times. It could take like five years. I'm still not going to get over that. I think sure. that's my, like, my friends and my family. That's their biggest flex for me. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, she knows how to paint with her feet. That's cool. She's like a monkey. Yeah. You know, one of these days when, like, COVID does just disappear hopefully <laughs> um we'll have like some type of like live art where you're literally just mm-hmm. there painting with your feet see what happens you know i think that'd be yeah, cool I, i've too. actually thought about doing like a live stream of me painting my feet because i do make that'd videos cool. of just recordings of sometimes when i'm painting but yeah. i think it'd be cool for people to like watch the process and see how yeah. it goes like it's not fake it's real i paint with my feet you know yeah. <laughs> you know i had to make those videos to prove to people sometimes because some people didn't believe it mm-hmm. and Honestly, I don't know why I felt the need to prove that to them, but I did. Yeah. I'm not gonna lie, I gave in and I did. Yeah, no, but it's just like, it's crazy. It's very, it's very unique. Yeah. Um, almost to end this, this episode out, you know, two more questions compared to where you're at now. What are some of the things you know that you wish you would have known when you first got started? I wish that I knew that art is always around you art's not just paintings art's not just drawings art's not just sidewalk chalk art can be anything so when i was first starting off i thought that art was just this one single thing drawings that's what i imagine as art so when i saw people doing other things i just thought oh that's painting that's not in the category of art it's just painting like its own is its own thing so what i think everyone should know if they're in this industry, is that anything can be art. You can always expand your horizons. You can always venture out, do try something new, and you'll still be in the field of art. Maybe you see like 3D art, for example. I don't do it, but I would like to try one day. Right. So yeah, I just, 
don't limit yourself. Anything that you try can be included. The possibilities are really endless, especially mm-hmm. in art. You know, there's no limit. Like you, you could be so imaginative, you know, and just create anything, like literally anything, um, mm-hmm. whether it's photography, painting, or music. You know, it's, it's the possibilities are endless. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and the second question was, any advice you would give to anybody who is starting out in the same industry as you? I'm going to go based on what I said before. Just don't listen to people that are giving you a hard time. Mm-hmm. Keep going with what you want to do. If you need support, you can always look on Instagram now. There's so many artists out there. Message them. Most of them will reply and give you advice. So just, just keep in mind that you always have a community with you mm-hmm. and they're easily accessible. Exactly. And then like, like exactly what we are, you know, we, we try to host events to get people more engaged and more opportunities to showcase. Um, but before we end off, is there anything else you want to show? Anything else you want to share? I think that's it. You think that's it? Yeah. So yeah. last thing, where can people find your art? Let's say they want to buy your art. They want to talk to you about art. Where can they find you? You can find me on Instagram, which my handle is my first and last name. So Akerna.mongadu. And then I also sometimes post on Facebook, but I don't use that if you want to reach out to me. I would use Instagram to reach out or potentially TikTok because I've been posting art on there. So yeah, those are my two main platforms. I do have everything linked in my Instagram account, which is the easiest to find. Mm-hmm. And, and there's if a website coming question, soon, right? There's a website coming soon, hopefully. (laughs) (laughs) And if you have any questions, just feel free to ask me. I, I check my DMs very consistently and I make sure to answer people. And if anyone wants art advice or they want to give me advice, I'll gladly take any advice that they have. Anyone that knows anything about making a website, come to me. Yeah, because I mean, we're kind of struggling with ours too. (laughs) So likewise. But um, awesome, Aparna. I mean, thank you for being on the show. Thank you for being a guest. Um, a lot of these episodes are going to be very helpful to a lot of people. You know, hopefully that's, that's the goal of all this is just be able to help people express themselves and, you know, get their word out, their stories, you know, um, giving advice. But um, to end this episode off, you know, anybody who is listening right now, we're, um, go ahead and give Aparna some love. Go ahead and show us um, some love on our page too. Um, you can find us on Anchor, Spotify, YouTube, pretty much anywhere you guys want. And um, that's going to be it for today's episode, guys. So thank you so much for tuning in.